Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, the co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Happy Thursday, Dr. Paul. How are you doing? Doing well, doing good. well. So good. lots of things to talk about, but we better not try to talk about everything. Yeah, or we'll we be would here be here. <laughs> we would be here through lunch. <laughs> so, <laughs> Don't want to do that. But we are going to start out with something very interesting because uh, this is something that... Uh, I think a lot of people can warrant, wouldn't, wouldn't have guessed the results would have been what we have found, or at least we're reading about this. This comes from the Summit News, and um, they wanted to find out, uh, you, you know, who, uh, which group of people are more likely to uh, follow the mask mandates, and, uh, and which ones resist. And of course, uh, everybody knows who resists, Trump people. Yeah. Trump people, dumb people, poor people you know, victimize people, and they, they're the ones who resist the most. Well, it turns out it's not so clean cut as that. Uh, there's probably a little bit here and there on every group of people and every uh, intelligence group and every color that you'd have a mixture of things. But what they found was the most highly educated Americans are also the most vaccine hesitant. Yeah. So th that that is something because because we keep you know we knock hard pretty hard the professors in the university they all have PhDs yeah. they have to have high IQs there but maybe uh, maybe some that have really good IQs maybe they don't stay in the universities <laughs> and maybe they don't have to be in the university but that that to me is uh, fascinating. And um, I, I think it's going to challenge a lot of people, and pe you'll hear some people come back and say, oh, that's not true, You're, this is misinformation and, and all that stuff that they do. But um, I would think that uh, people should pay attention. Now, I think what it shows is that it's not a strictly IQ uh, position, because I think I've always wondered about that throughout my life, about why, why do people with high IQs do such dumb things? Yeah, no and they kidding. have terrible political p positions and yeah. all. So anyway, when it comes to masks, they cannot get, come off by saying, well, it's the dumb people. The people, you know, uh, how, look how they have blasted anybody who voted for Trump. Matter of fact, you, you can get canceled if, uh, yeah. if you're in a certain business and, oh, you mean you voted for Trump? <laughs> out out no. with you. So I, I think uh, this is good. Good information to have. Uh, if somebody disagrees, let us uh, hear their refuting it then. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a research study from Carnegie Mellon and the University of Pittsburgh. So it's a university study. And what they did is they, they, they used 5 million survey responses. So it's a big group of people. And among those survey responses, they pulled out the data that looked at vaccine, uh, I would, they call it hesitancy, but people who don't want to get the vaccine and uh, education levels. And we can actually put up that first clip because this is what they discovered. And it's interesting, it's kind of a U-shaped curve, uh, whereas the least educated people uh, are higher. Uh, and then you go over to the PhDs, as you say, and you have 23.9%, the highest of all are those with PhDs. <clears throat> and as you suggest, what it does is it smashes the stereotype that these are all knuckle-dragging Trump supporters or all dummies. They must know something. They must because they're used to research. If you're a PhD person, you do research. Uh, my guess is that they spend a little bit more time looking at data, looking at research, and making up their minds. But the other thing that comes out in this, uh, in this uh, study 
is that not only are PhD holders the most skeptical about vaccines, but they're also the least likely to change their mind. And this came out in the course of the questions in the survey. So it shows that they do somehow come to a conclusion and maintain that conclusion regardless of the propaganda around them. Yeah, and, and I, I think there's reason for some people to get confusing because we're gonna talk about a teacher that left, she, she, she left teaching, but does that mean she's just emotionally locked up with masks or is she intelligent or what does that all come to, or a religious value? Yeah. And that's not strongly identified, you know, exactly with IQs. But the thing of it is, I, I like it because it challenges the propagandists. Yeah. The propagandists that say stupid people. I don't want to be, uh, you know, defending all those dumb people. Yeah. You know, uh, what we want is truth out there. And uh, this, this to me is uh, a very worthwhile study, and uh, I hope it gets a little bit of attention. Yeah. Well, you know what else was getting some big attention yesterday, and I'm talking mainstream media like Axios, like Drudge Report, is a new preprint study that hasn't been fully peer reviewed. That it came out and it's causing a lot of panic attacks out there. Let's put up this next clip. This is from Axios, a new preprint study that raises concerns about the mRNA vaccine's effectiveness against Delta, particularly Pfizer's, has already grabbed the attention of top Biden administration officials. Uh, and then it says the survey found that Pfizer vaccine was only 42% effective against infection in July, while the Delta variant was dominant. And this is a quote from a senior Biden official. If that's not a wake-up call, I don't know what is. No, and uh, you know, the whole article uh, is written in a very serious manner, but sometimes it just doesn't all add up yeah. one and two and everybody knows exactly uh, what has happened because sometimes it depends on when they did the study and how many, and there are variables in there that uh, means that this isn't a final conclusion. But uh, like the article said, and like you quoted, uh, it's a wake up call. Well, you better not ignore it. Uh, but of course, we've been trying to tell people that, that sometimes uh, the data gets mixed up. Sometimes uh, it's just carelessness. Sometimes it's bureaucratic. Sometimes it's political. And sometimes it's on purpose, yeah. you know, for, for various reasons. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, being, <laughs> waking up is a good idea. That's a, that's a different type of waking up than the woke movement, yeah, let me tell yeah. you. And that also refutes the idea that the science is settled because as you learn more, you learn something is going on. And here's a quote from the Axios article, quote, the study raises serious questions about Pfizer and Moderna's long-term effectiveness. And that is a real issue. Of course, Alex Berenson has been saying this for months and months and months. He keeps getting kicked off of Twitter for saying it, but now they're not able to ignore it. And but what they want to do, and actually you can put up that next one just to show that this is also, this was at the top of Drudge yesterday. I think it's still up there uh, for what it's worth. Um, but they want to blame it on the Delta variant. Hey, these vaccines were totally fine. They were 100,000% effective, but this Delta came along. We sure didn't see that coming. But you know better than me, Dr. Paul, that these kinds of viruses do mutate, don't they? They do have variants. They expect them to. Yeah. They expect them to, right? And that's why they haven't been able to produce a vaccine for coronaviruses until this point, supposedly. But you know, it's also something that reminds me of the flu season. Remember the, the experts always try to guess which strain will be the dominant strain that season, and they put that into the flu shots. And I remember several times them saying, oh, we got it wrong this year. We had a lot of flu this year because we got the strain wrong. So the idea that these things do change uh, and mutate and, and have different variances shouldn't really be a surprise 
to scientists. Yeah, and, and, you, and you mentioned it, Doctor, that uh, gets kicked off his job because he reports something, then later on it turns out to be true. And sometimes uh, it sort of is a, the person that spoke the truth first is he's never uh, recognized and saying, look at what he did. What they do is they just slip over and they know they have to change it because some of the, some of the, the, the uh, evidence comes from the CDC yeah. own, own record. So they do change their position. But someday, maybe when this a detailed history of this year and a half uh, uh, of what they call uh, you know, fighting for the right science position instead of arguing that science is a big discussion, is, is to just find out how many people were right and suffered from the consequences of only suggesting something that uh, challenged the uh, conventional wisdom of the so-called scientists. And I think uh, there has to be a ton of it because this is the first time I ever remember where there was so much emphasis on no discussion on the science yeah yeah because it contradicts everything i've learned the, the science usually creates a couple new we were told it creates two new questions yeah. you have one science in fact you come up with two new ones so uh but i think it's it's great when we can find them like this and uh hopefully uh, truth will win out in the end and it's really is the mainstream is starting to see some of this stuff that we've been talking about and let's look at this Next link, and this is a little bit off topic, Dr. Paul, but I really wanted to put this out there. This is from NPR. This is a headline. You don't usually see the NPR going against the CDC, but look at this. The CDC said the Delta variant is as contagious as chickenpox. That's not accurate. Now, they did go back and change this headline later, but that first headline was pretty strong. And what they said, you remember the CDC came out at the end of July and said, you got to wear a mask even if you're vaccinated because we can't tell you why exactly, but you just have to do it. And then that, a couple of days later, they leaked those uh, slides. And one of the slides talked about how the Delta variant was as just as contagious as chickenpox. That's why they had to make that decision. We'll look at the next clip. This is from the NPR article, Dr. Paul. And this tells you the quality, I think, of the CDC's work. Uh, it says, uh, this is the RO values for chickenpox versus the Delta variant. He said the value for chickenpox and other ROs in the slideshow came from a graphic from the New York Times, which wasn't completely accurate. So the CDC went to the New York Times and pulled a graphic about it, even though the graphic artificially lowered the RO value for the chickenpox and artificially raised the RO value for the Delta. They just pulled it out of the New York Times. And they quoted this scientific expert at the New York Times. Yeah, yeah. That's their evidence. Yeah. Uh, they better go back to the lab. And this is the CDC. This yeah. is the CDC. And, and the taxpayers paying for that kind of nonsense. Yeah. And I wanted to just do one other quick one about, about COVID before we move on to something that's also related. But this next clip, Dr. Paul, this, I just saw this, so I didn't get a chance to mention it to you, but this is also NPR. An NPR article, I mean, you don't usually see them question things. Nearly 94,000 kids got COVID-19 last week. They were 15% of all new cases. Scare, 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 it sounds terrible and really super scary. Then you look into the article, just do that next clip. And I think you'll appreciate this, Dr. Paul, because what we talk about. You dig down in the article and it says, but the numbers appear to show that severe illness hospitalization and death are rare in children infected with <laughs> coronavirus. In states where data was available, less than 2% of all child COVID cases re required hospitalization and from 0.000% to 0.03% 
were fatal. And this is the stuff you've been saying all along. You know, this is false because they're reporting on colds and they're not telling us about the cold virus that they're talking about. Now, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. But it's part, there there has to be a strategy, a certain group of people uh, want to stir up trouble and stir up fear. And we've talked about that so often. Why do they do this? And there, there's some self-serving motivations for doing this. And it's political and economic and, and uh, ignorance, the whole thing. And uh, it's, a, it's a reason why we have such a mess yes. in getting people to understand this. I'm ready to talk about Dallas. Let's <laughs> talk about Dallas and Houston now, too. Yeah. And that has to do, again, here we uh, figured we were moving right along, and we have moved right along. We're better off than we had been, and uh, I think uh, the governor's doing a little bit better. And uh, uh, But all of a sudden, there's a contest now, and it has to do with uh, jurisdiction mm-hmm. that we have. We have the bad mayors in a couple, couple big cities and, and counties, you know, that... Uh, say mandatory school starting again and we have to get the mask back on in some places they're even saying you have to have the n95 and everybody you know wears this mask with without a scientific uh, proof of anything yeah. you know about this so um but it looks like abbott and paxton will be uh, uh challenging it because of a court ruling in favor of the school district and uh you know, we, we discussed that a little bit before. Why does we why do we get messed up in this? And I, I start with the fact that there's it's usually a an activity that shouldn't even be done. You know, you get into here into certain things that we shouldn't have this debate. But if we do have it, I still think that um, if you're reducing the authoritarianism of government and they're doing it immorally and it makes no sense, there's no precise. Uh, you know, justification and authority to do it and put on this kind of control, and then I think if you have the people stirring up their elected officials, say, hey, look, there has to be a way out of this, and, uh, and they, if, well, why can they force us to do this and, and say that they have the authority to do this, and they, and they don't. So that's why there, there, there will be a fight, and I guess that will involve, uh, I don't know whether they put the cases together, but they're objecting in, in, uh, uh, in uh, Harris County uh, as, as well as Dallas. It is. It's an open revolt among the liberal cities, the liberal-run cities in Texas against the governor. The governor signed an executive order forbidding mask mandates and vaccine mandates, and the cities are in open revolt. And what they've done, I think, in Dallas County is they'll basically grab a liberal judge and they'll have him overrule what the governor has done. Uh, the, the prohibition on mask mandates, and they want to reinstall these mandates. And the, the real big question, I mean, the open revolt is interesting, and it's going to have its time in court, probably go to the Texas Supreme Court to figure out how this 1975 uh, disasters law plays out in the whole thing. But what's, what's interesting about this, above all that, is what they want to do is bring back the stuff that didn't work in the first time, you know? <laughs> no if mask mandates worked before, why are they being brought back? If they didn't work before, why are they being brought back? You know, <laughs> yeah. They want to do all the things that didn't work. And we've, we've, we've talked ourselves blue in the face showing these charts that show as soon as the mandates are in, it has absolutely no effect. The charts over and over are full of data. But here's something else. This person should be the hypocrite of the month, I think. Remember good old Lena Hidalgo, Harris County judge, the most rabid mask mandator, shut down business. God knows how many people she put out of work misery because of her hysteria. Well, she's turned over a new leaf, Dr. Paul. She does not like the 
the prohibition on mass mandates. And here's from the article that we saw. She said, quote, it's a moment of necessary civil disobedience. Oh, boy. <laughs> so now she's, now she's Martin Luther King, right, with yeah. wanting to it shut things sounds down. Sounds to me like it's an exaggerated authoritarian system that yeah. she's promoting. But, you know, in all this discussion, should they have masks? Shouldn't they, shouldn't they have the mask? Should they get the, be forced to take the vaccine? The one thing that is not permissible, and we've talked about this, you can't, like, uh, uh, you can't have the exception of dealing with all these regulations if you uh, prove you have natural immunity, you have the disease, and you feel quite fine about it, and you're a threat to nobody. That's not scientific. So they won't even let you bring yeah. that up anymore. You will do this. You will either report and give us your vaccine passport, uh, or you will have to be tested. Even if you've had, had the, uh, yeah. the virus and had the infection, and you can show you have antibodies to it. I mean, that's, that's insane. That's ridiculous. That, that should prove to a lot of people that they're up to no good. It's politics. <clears throat> well, we've seen plenty of studies suggesting very strongly, particularly out of Israel, that the vaccine's effectiveness in preventing disease is waning over time, as in a couple of months. I don't, maybe I'm missing something. I have not seen a single study suggesting that naturally acquired immunity uh, does wane over time, that it's not robust and long-lasting, as Senator Paul and others say. So if they have that study, I wouldn't mind seeing it, but still, as you say, they want to discount the idea of people having long-term immunity. I guess we want to move on to, to another depressing topic, I guess, out in Loudoun County. <coughs> I used to love Loudoun County. It's so it, pretty it, out there. It is depressing. It's so sad, but it's also good in the sense it's one of those attention getters. Uh, what we're going to talk about is a teacher who finally had had it up to her you know what she yeah. was just up and and she, she uh, you know s did something that she felt strongly about it for scientific reasons personal reasons religious reasons she just chucked the whole thing yeah. because she was sick and tired of what the schools were doing to the kids yeah and she did that so uh, and she went to the school board sobbing teachers abruptly quits during a heated school board meeting and that was in Loudoun I believe yeah. Yeah, Loudoun County. One of your conservative sponsors. Yeah. And, <laughs> but uh, I want to just read a little bit <clears throat> what she uh, said because uh, it was so sincere. I watched uh, her little talk that she gave before the committee. I, I wish we knew, uh, I wish we could get after after those meetings an interview with yeah. some of the school, some of the board members. Yeah. Laura Morris, a former fifth grade teacher at elementary school in Leesburg, Virginia, quit in front of the Loudoun County School Board as she tearfully protested against controversial policies, including a CRT, trans transgender locker rooms, and more. You know, how much more do you have to expect? And she said, uh, sobbing more, said, school board, I quit. I quit your politics, I quit your training, and I quit being a cog in a machine that tells me to push highly politicized agendas on most vulnerable constituents, the children. I will find employment elsewhere. And you, and you know where, no, she didn't say that. <laughs> I, I encourage all parents and staff in this county to flood the private schools. Yeah. Well, all, all she's all she's suggesting. Why do we have to be so dramatic? She has this radical idea of restoring, you know, respect for liberty, making your own choices, responsibility for your children, education. Yeah. In, 
and you, we have to do this. We have to, uh, we have to go back and have a new declaration of independence, which is probably a pretty good idea because that's what she's doing. She's trying to declare independence. Now, I look very quickly. I'm going to finish up on this. She also added that she was previously told during a so-called equity training that this one is one I think got her a training that white Christian able-bodied females currently have the power in our school, and quote, this has to change. <laughs> that's, that sounds a little bit like discrimination. Yeah. Oh, but no, it's, that's the legal kind. You know, our good friend Jeff Dice has a great quote, and I probably won't get it exactly accurate, but he said, at this point, I'm more interested in separation than persuasion. <laughs> and I think, that, I think that has to do. And you know what a lot of people are doing and certainly we actually do it with our homeschooling, is that a group of families will get together and they will hire a good teacher like I'm sure she is, and they'll hire her as like a homeschool co-op. People have a, mis a misunderstanding of what homeschooling it is, if you know, you're just sort of sitting here doing nothing. But no, we have a co-op that our kids go to, and there's a lot of interaction, but you can hire a teacher like this, five or six families together, and have a great teacher who's dedicated and spending a lot of time. I really hope Ms. Morris finds a group like that in Loudoun County, and I hope when they ask her about curriculum, they talk about the Ron Paul <laughs> curriculum, because that would be a good place to start, and I bet she would love that curriculum you know, if she took a look what, at it. Uh, some people use, and it, 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 you can't ignore it complete, completely, she's going to leave, and it, so she does go and do homeschooling or private schooling, she's going to make less money, and they talk, you're going to make less money, how are you going to do that? But just think of the personal satisfaction, yeah. the difference of, 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 of what a person would have listening to, to just go along with what she just described that drove, drove her to this point of just chucking the whole thing. Yeah. So you can get paid for things differently than just getting more Federal Reserve notes. Besides, they depreciate. Yeah. <laughs> and with enough family, she may not lose money at all. She may actually gain money. She can do some private tutoring and and this sorts of thing. I, I know folks that are they're doing that actually in Loudoun County. That's right. That are doing that. So uh, we wish her the best and we applaud her and, and her guts, you know, her courage to do this. It's a lesson to all employees, including all the federal employees, are going to be forced to get a jab. If they don't want it, they should walk off the job. <laughs> you know, so should the military. So we have another one on Macron. Oh, yeah, your, your favorite uh, tyrant. Yeah. It's got an interesting, uh, you know, interesting view of language here. You know, um, and, and, and in the headline, it really strikes, uh, strikes a chord. Here is um, it's this, this issue of showing the papers. You know, we use that in a very, very negative way for decades. Yeah, of course. It was never in America. Yeah. And theoretically, you know, people in college and, and uh, later on in a little bull session, we say, do you think they'll ever uh, make us carry our papers? And of course, that issue came up when they gave us the uh, Social Security cards. And, uh, and I still have my original. It says not to be used for identification. Uh, uh -oh. And I think they, that number is used sometimes to identify. Yeah. And you can't go anywhere without using it. Uh, but Macron had an interesting uh, thing to say about it. Macron is saying, showing police your papers, not to do it, to visit a cafe is about freedom. <laughs> this is the way you get to be free. You do what they, the authoritarians tell you to do, and they'll punish you if you don't do it. But then if you do what they tell you, you're a free person. 
by becoming a slave. Yes. If you become a slave to their dictates and mandates, uh, they, they claim that is freedom. A little bit of twisted uh, definition. Freedom is slavery. You know, yeah, there you go. Said. But we showed the video of the cops going around and telling, hey, you, you were sipping that cappuccino? Let's see your vaccine pass. And in fact, I've seen su subsequent pictures from Paris where the cafes are empty. People are not going. And the, he, basically, Macron is going to destroy the economy even further. But here's a quote from there, Dr. Paul. And when I saw this, I knew <laughs> this is right up your alley. Here's Macron. It's about citizenship. Freedom only exists if the freedom of everyone is protected. Does that make any sense? <laughs> and the freedom to him, his understanding is his constituents obey him. Yeah, yeah. That's what freedom is all about. Yeah, freedom you know, is obeying. You know, I, I remember some time, one time, uh, uh, a long time ago, I was discussing this whole thing about Russia and the Soviet system. And... Uh, and, and I, I said, well, maybe they are. I hear them saying they're for peace. They said they are on their terms. Yeah. <laughs> they're on, on their on terms. Their this terms. Is what, he's for freedom on his terms. So uh, I guess uh, if you arrest somebody and make them a slave, some people call that freedom, too. Yeah. So, but we have a couple other people doing this, too, even in L.A. And Newsom oh, continues. Uh, you'd think you'd, here, Newsom is so... So aggressive, you'd think he would be paying attention to New York. Yeah. But he says Newsom announces nation's first vax or test rule for all teachers and staff. Wow. There it is, the threat and the same thing. Quit. So they're no they different. This is an international movement. This is the amazing thing to me, yeah. is how they've been able to orchestrate this. It can't be that there's a universal understanding of the dangers that we face when there's so much contradiction and, and you know, lying about the reports and the whole thing. And yet uh, that's that's what you see. And L.A. isn't doing much better either. Yeah. And but you know, they worked so well last time, the max, the mass mandates. <laughs> you know, it's funny the the, the other side likes to talk about the nurse shortage in, in Texas, the nurse shortage in Houston, because Governor Abbott said, we need, you know, if we have some nurses from out of state, want to come in and do some work, we would like it. But they never talk about all the nurses who left because they were being forced <laughs> to the jab, right? Yeah. If you wouldn't force them, they probably wouldn't have left. Well, I'm, I'm ready to close with a couple of quick things. Okay. And, uh, the first one would be uh, this, this next chart. And this is Hawaii. As you know, Hawaii is an absolute basket case. But it's also the poster boy for why lockdowns and mask mandates don't work. If we can put this last one up, this last clip up on Hawaii. Make it a little bigger if we can. My eyes are straining. Uh, but this is Hawaii. Look at the mask mandate in April and look what the cases did. Jump. Look at the 98% mask compliance in February of this year. And then look at what happened just a few week, couple of weeks ago. Lockdown measures enacted does nothing. And here's what Ian says. Hawaii with 86% of adults receiving at least one vaccination and an active mandate in effect for four, mask mandate for 479 days with 98% compliance, announced today that they're going back into lockdown with capacity restrictions, distancing, etc. Mask mandate for, nine, for, for over a year, everyone, virtually everyone wearing it. And, you know, my family was, was there because of a death in the family last autumn, and they can attest to the fact that everyone wears it, and they hector you even on the beach if you don't have a mask on. Everyone's wearing it. Everyone's been shot, and look what's happened to the cases. That is the example. 
one final thing, Dr. Paul. Um, it's a little video uh, that I have not previewed for you, but I think you're going to appreciate it. This is in Tennessee. These are kids in Tennessee. Kids are fed up with it. They are protesting the masks and the mask mandate. If we can just cue that up and watch a couple of seconds of that. Uh, this is something I know you liked it when we saw it in Israel. If we can cue that video up. Here we go. Let's watch this. Look at these kids in Tennessee. No more No more masks. Kids are saying, no more masks, no more masks. Great kids. Great Freedom kids. at last. Yeah, huh? great kids. It's, it's the whole issue, uh, and that's what we're dealing with, but that's an eternal argument from the beginning of time on what freedom really means. Uh, you, you have uh, uh, social freedom, religious freedom, political freedom, and an understanding of it, but it really is uh, something that uh, is tied into the Christian religion, the importance of the individual, that you can make up your own mind. So in some ways, if they really respected uh, religious freedom, which they don't. I mean, matter of fact, it was a lot of more attack on religious freedom in this case, because on religion, they, that's an opt-out that we don't permit. So that's the one, uh, you know, they have to destroy, and uh, there's a lot of frustration. Matter of fact, in spite of the, the good people speaking out, the numbers are actually going down, you know, for people who d declare themselves as, as Christians throughout the world. But that doesn't mean that it's static and that it won't change. But um, I do want to uh, once again thank our viewers uh, for tuning in because I think it's so important that we visit with you and, and try to pass on to you some information that we have. And uh, for sure, the contradiction that we pointed out on our programs today is a big chore. They, they, uh, they, they, their own reports, if we're there to decide, are we going to agree with them or disagree with them? They can't even agree with themselves. You know, in Daniel put on a couple times today, you know, that certain things have happened, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But uh, then they'll still argue, science has settled it. Well, that's probably about the most unscientific statement they can make. Science has settled it. So you just do it, and who's the interpreter of the science? It's no better than the interpretation of anything social behavior, uh, the way they've done this. They're, the the uh, scientific discipline has a real problem, and I'm always very disappointed because medicine has, you, you know, changed a whole lot in the years since I first uh, went into medicine because uh, they're part of a social network that you have to uh, toe the line according to the social activities, and that's why you see a big split with the physician. I would say, let's assume, I don't know what it is, let's say, Half of uh, the doctors agreed with uh, the lockdown, half uh, th thought it was uh, uh, terrible. We, we don't even know because 90% of it, of the information that we got through the new, more the average media was always to show that if you if you didn't endorse the media, therefore you were wrong and you you had a low IQ and uh, you probably shouldn't have been allowed to graduate from medical school. So this this is a problem and it's going to exist, but I think in the long run um, the truth comes out. Sometimes it only comes out in history. I always think that's important too because I like to read history and uh, find out. 
you know, where people assume something and then all of a sudden they got the real facts later down and the mystery was solved. But uh, unfortunately, the politicians are demagogues and uh, unfortunately, we have too much politics and not enough freedom. And our goal here is to have a program that promotes the cause of freedom. And uh, we believe sincerely that that is the road to peace and prosperity. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.